Maria Spears, The Love Map. This is episode 126 on Alternative Health Tools podcast, where together we discover and share new alternative health tools and resources from alternative healthcare practitioners and experts. Welcome to Alternative Health Tools. I'm Lisa Victoria, Holistic Health Coach, and I'm one of your co-hosts along with John Beethan and Kim Shea. And today we are joined by the wonderful Maria Spears, and we're talking about finding your soulmate and love. And as part of this, Maria is a professional life coach. She specializes in love and helping people find their right partner. She's also an EFT practitioner overcoming decades of heartache and helping people shift those. Maria is from Chicago, across the pond from me. So I'm so excited about this podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to introduce yourself, Maria? Yes, I'm so delighted to be here, Lisa, with you today and to speak about my favorite topic. Uh, So yes, I'm Maria Spears and I'm a love and life coach. And this is what my soul came here to do. Amazing. And I love that, your soul and that whole connection with, I guess, our purpose in life, isn't it? And you just said what you're passionate about. So yeah, it's going to be a phenomenal podcast. And just to kind of give our listeners a little bit of an insight into what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about common challenges with, you know, finding our soulmate and love and actually maybe some of those myths. And it's it's about enhancing relationships. So whether you're in a relationship whether you just come out of a relationship or whether you're looking for a relationship, this podcast could be for you and you'll be able to apply some of the tools and techniques and wonderful insights that Maria is going to share with us today. So we're going to be looking at common challenges, the love map, which is very intriguing and, and really important to how we attract people into our lives We're going to look at how we plant seeds for self-care and also beliefs and blockers around love and finding our soulmates and also being our authentic self. So we're going to cover a lot today. Um, So I guess before we get into the detail, would you just like to share with our listeners a little bit about your journey and why you're so passionate and how you got to doing this wonderful work that you do? Well, It was exactly that. It was about my own journey to find love. And because I had had decades of relationships that were unhappy and unhealthy, um, and it all ended in divorce after my 16-year relationship ended, I had to figure out myself what led me to those relationships, what was my part to discover. And so in that process of healing, I discovered a couple of things that I think most millions of people out there don't know about finding love with the right partner because, let's face it, we're never given a manual on exactly how to find the right partner. Um, And so I had to look at how on the outside I was uh, seemingly doing well in life. I was accomplished in my career. I had a beautiful circle of friends that I was close to. My life looked good from the outside, but I always was in these unhappy relationships, even some that were emotionally and mentally abusive. 
Um, and so one of the things I discovered was that I had specific patterns um, that I had to look at and reasons why I was being led to those relationships. I also had to look at in myself, I didn't have a knowledge about what I needed to thrive in a relationship. So that lack of knowledge also led me in the wrong directions. And um, finally, the third piece was that I lacked belief in myself. And that lack of self-worth in not believing that I had a lot to offer, again, caused me to sell myself short in all those relationships. So it was through that journey. And then as I kind of came out of the recovery process from divorce, um, I began working with other women to help them overcome decades of heartache and also discover what their love patterns were so that they could break them and move forward towards healthy, happy relationships. So that's in a nutshell, you know, how I came to this. That's amazing. And what a journey. And I do think like life kind of presents us with these journeys sometimes. So then we can be of service to other people, which I know the wonderful work that you're doing with lots of people we've shared off off air, haven't we? You know, the stories, the success stories you've had. And it's just amazing to help people on their journeys. And I picked up a couple of things there, what you you talked about was the patterns and what you needed to thrive in a relationship and that kind of self-worth. And one of the things you said there is we were never given a manual. We were never taught this at, at school, were we? And how to kind of love ourselves and how to kind of love another person, I guess, and, and what, what we were to expect. So um, shall we we get into the detail and start sharing some some insights with yes, our listeners? Let's... That's <laughs> wonderful. So when we talk about the common challenges I mean, you must be presented with a lot of challenges, but what are the common ones you typically see when working with your clients? So some of the most common ones that function kind of in our subconscious mind, we're not even aware that this is happening behind the scenes, are limiting, limiting beliefs and emotions. And those were created after birth. And I, I call this um, like programming. You know, it's it became set programming for all our relationships starting with our earliest caregivers and then all of our romantic relationship. So this programming is kind of running in our subconscious mind. And what's in it are these limiting beliefs and emotions that develop. And some of them, for example, are I'm not worth it or I'm not lovable or no one chooses me or I'm not enough. Wow. And I guess that creates the outcome, which reaffirms that they can't attract the love or they're not good enough to be loved because what the thinker thinks approves, proves, right? Yes. And there's actually um, a piece in our brain called the reticular activating system. And that is basically like our picker in love. And it's preset to look for certain things that are familiar to it from our original relationship patterns. And it's like a Google search. If you don't add more criteria to that search, it won't, it will only search narrowly for you. Same happens in love. So if people are getting the same results, then we need to look at what kind of limiting beliefs that we've got and what we're putting into our Google search in our own minds when we're attracting that love into our lives. Because I'm, I'm sure there's lots of listeners out there thinking, well, I just keep attracting the same kind of 
partner. And uh, interestingly enough, I was speaking to someone the other day and they said they kept getting presented with the same kind of partner with the same kind of challenges. And I guess you see that with your clients all the time. Yes. And it's, it's exactly this is that there's a part of their brain that's just pre-programmed like a navigation system into the wrong destination. And it's hard to break out of it until you make yourself aware of what it is. Then you have a chance to change it and to open up the scope of what you're looking for. Amazing. So that common challenge is, is really kind of looking back at what's pre-programmed in your, your brain to kind of attract. And I love the analogy we talked about off air was, you know, about that whole lighthouse and as becoming the lighthouse to attract the ships into our our world. And I, I love that analogy. And it's becoming that bright lighthouse first, isn't it? And removing some of these common challenges, which are pre-programmed in our brains. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And it's most of the time, these really intelligent, wonderful people are out there looking for a soulmate. And they're assuming with some shame involved that there must be something wrong with me. Otherwise, why is nobody noticing me? Why am I not finding someone and others are? And and it's not necessary, you know, to ha- be going through that heartache because there are things they can do to find their right partner. Amazing. Wow. Gosh, this is brilliant already. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. So shall we move on to the love map? Because I'm sure our listeners are very intrigued by the love map. And I've experienced this, but I won't give away. I'll let you explain it to our listeners um, and the importance of having a love map. So the love map is that programming that I just mentioned that feels very familiar, that was created early on in life. And what happens is that even though it's leading us possibly into the wrong directions, there's a lot of golden nuggets and treasure inside of it. And once we understand what's in it, then we can change the results we're getting in our love search. So what I like to do uh, early on in the process when I work with clients is we sit down and we reveal their love map, the one that they're currently using. And so I know that we plan on doing an exercise today around that, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I can't wait. And I'm sure when our listeners get onto that, they'll be able to pause this podcast and just take a moment to reflect and do their own answers. So yes, yeah, very excited for that bit. So we'll talk a little bit more about the love map and do an exercise on that later. Um, But if we're talking about planting seeds in self-care, so we're coming back to removing some of these common challenges how do we start that self-care process? And we talked about planting seeds. You know, what can you do now to start cultivating, I guess, that environment to grow so then you can attract the right partner into your life? Even though, you know, while we're recording this podcast, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and people might be thinking, well, how can I possibly attract love into my life right now when I can't get out? But there's lots we can do to start planting those seeds, isn't there, and that self-care? Yes. So I like that you alluded to the lighthouse, you know, that we all have that inner spark that makes us unique. And that spark is what attracts the right partners to us. And if it's clouded over and it's not able to shine brilliantly, then those ships in the sea of love cannot find us. They just pass us by. And so one of the things that um, I recommend is to kind of use your own heart as your compass and 
It's whatever makes your heart sing. And this could go back to a childhood thing that you used to do that really brings out your that spark in you. And I know during this time, during the pandemic, many people are going back to hobbies that they used to have, whether it's a creative hobby, whether it's singing, dancing. Um, and so that's what I encourage my clients to do is to just find that and give themselves those uninterrupted moments of joy, even if it's a few minutes a day and start with that. That's a lovely thing to do, isn't it? And I, I like the language you use there, the heart compass. I just think that's wonderful because you know, it's just going to guide you to when, where you want to go, isn't it? What makes your heart sing? And I think you're right. A lot of people are experiencing that now, particularly with the global pandemic slowing down, aren't they, and reconnecting with what's true for them. So that's the first first kind of way we can start planting those seeds of self-care, going back to what we enjoy. Yes, and finding ways to listen to, you know, their body, um, to see what the body needs, you know, just to to find that balance between the body, the mind, the spirit again. And it is a good time right now as we are still isolated to just focus in more on that. What do I need as a person? Because when you understand, I think, you know, what you need and what, then you're able to step into a relationship and show the part, your partner what you need so they have a chance to be successful and fulfill your needs. Those that are there that they can do something about then you're responsible, of course, for, you know, taking care of some of your own needs. But um, the point is that we teach others how to love us. So to the degree to which we love ourselves is how we teach others to love us. Yeah. So it's it's really important, isn't it, for us to take that step back and do that reflection. And like we're talking about, we're, we're in the middle of a global pandemic right now. But indeed, in the future, if somebody's listening to this podcast and we're back to some kind of normal, whatever that may be, it's really important to take that step back, even in that moment, isn't it? And kind of regroup and exactly like you just said there, listen to your body and listen to your heart and what's true for you and what, what's your body telling you that's really important and that whole connection to become that bright shining lighthouse, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are there any other kind of tips or insights you would like to give our listeners on planting the seeds for self-care? Another piece that I think is one of my favorites, and I think many of your listeners would know Louise Hay. Yes. And so one of my favorite practices to introduce others to is the practice of standing in the mirror every day and saying, and I'll use myself as an example, I love you, Maria. I really, really love you. And add anything that makes uh, sense for you. For example, I, I'm important. I matter. You know, what? who I am in the world matters. I think that's a wonderful exercise to do and, and a great tip to give to our listeners because actually, you know, just how often do you tell yourself you love yourself? And we're programmed to think that it's egoistical or, you know, we shouldn't do that because we should praise others, but not ourselves. But what a wonderful thing to do, stand in the mirror and tell yourself you love you and you value yourself. And certainly before I got into the line of work that I'm in, I hadn't done that before. So it's it's a real kind of pivotal moment for a lot of people, isn't it? So Top tip number one for our listeners is, is is practice that exercise that Maria's kindly shared with us and, and a great insight. So thank you for 
raising that. That's wonderful. Yes. So where should we go next? Should we talk about beliefs and blockers and why perhaps, you know, because there might be listeners out there that think, well, do you know what? I've I've done lots of self-development and I'm feeling, you know, really good to go and I'm very accepting of myself. I just can't seem to find the love that I want or attract into my life. So that might come back to what you were talking about earlier about those subconscious beliefs or blockers. So they might have a great relationship with themselves, but they might have a belief or a blocker that's allowing those ships to come into the lighthouse. There's some barriers up perhaps. So how do you support clients through shifting limiting beliefs and blockers? So first we identify through their love map, what those are, um, what's operating under their conscious awareness. And, and also we go in and identify what the absolute must haves are for a relationship for a partner and the deal breakers. I find that often people think they know what those criteria are, uh, but they're really operating more about uh, demographics. They're looking for someone who's a certain height, a certain education, a, you know, those kinds of qualities, as opposed to how do they make me feel? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you want to feel in your relationship? And a good way to determine that is to see how your closest loved ones who accept you unconditionally make you feel. And so again, you go back to the heart guidance system is that that's one clue that you're in the right place with the right person is how they make you feel. Amazing. That heart compass again, isn't it? That you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, beliefs, have you got any examples that you're happy to share? Because I'm sure some of our listeners out there are thinking, well, how, how can this kind of change my life? And are there any examples of clients you've worked with that, you know, you'd be happy to share and they'd be happy for you to share their kind of testimonials? Um, on how you've shifted their belief system to kind of create this wonderful, loving relationship and attract their soulmate into their life? What I noticed about pretty much everyone I've worked with, including men, um, is that there could be a feeling of success and um, feeling really good about their the rest of their life. But because the love map has a different domain in, in their brain, they have different feelings about themselves and about love. And so an example is because uh, over 50% of society these days ends relationships in divorce. So what I, what I see a lot of the time is that um, children of divorce will, will develop a belief, a very hidden belief that I'm not lovable because one parent leaves the house and that child doesn't have you know, the intellectual capacity to rationalize like an adult, what happened there, the two adults were separating and that they weren't leaving the child, but the child assumes they're not lovable. They did something to cause the other parent to leave. And so I see in clients, the development of beliefs in, you know, that they're going to be rejected, fear of rejection, um, fear that they're not enough. No one chooses me. Yeah, they're going to leave me. They won't stay with me. I'm not lovable. So I see that often. And it's not it's not at play in their career and in other parts of their lives. It's just in this one sphere. And they could be a very confident person, too. But it's just a little sneaky, little sneaky beliefs in there that are hiding out. 
Um, so I, I have an example of a woman that I worked with um, who had a medical condition and she spent decades of her life, you know, dating men on and off um, who rejected her and who ridiculed her and berated her because of this medical condition. And it was a source of shame and, you know, pain. And so what we did is we worked on identifying all those beliefs in there. Um, and then we did specific exercises to release them and reduce the, the charge they had and were, that were keeping her back from looking for the type of person she really wanted. Um, and then finally, as we created a new love map for her, she was able to start dating men that were outside of her search criteria in the past. And so um, the man that she met that she's with now for the last two years, he was unlike the others. He is um, a, a very intelligent man, a creative man. He's an artist. He's an average sized man, average looking. But she in the past had been looking for, you know, muscular, very fit men, big men, you know. And so she gave him a chance and she realized that as he was fulfilling her, needs, her core needs for a relationship, this chemistry developed that was beautiful. And it was, she realized that's where she really needed to be in a relationship. And she no longer found the others attractive. Amazing. So completely, like you say, shifting those limiting beliefs and changing the way she looked at relationships and that search criteria, which opened up a completely different, yeah, I guess menu. Yes. <laughs> menu of, of of potential matches. Yes. And even though at the beginning she was not going to go on a second date with this man, uh, because it didn't feel comfortable. It didn't feel like that that chemistry that she was used to, that explosive chemistry at the beginning. Uh, but she she was able to stick with it and continue to date him and get to know him. The other thing that happened was that Instead of feeling like she was damaged goods and no one would ever love her because of that medical condition, she transformed into somebody who loved herself so much she couldn't even remember feeling that badly about herself. And so that was, I think, uh, the main message to me was that, you know, I came to you to find someone to fall in love, but instead I fell in love with myself. And for me, that was the most gratifying part of it. I've actually got goosebumps as you tell me this story. It's just wonderful, isn't it? And the fact that she fell in love with herself, but also found her partner as well. It's just, it's so powerful, isn't it? It's, you think you're looking for one thing, but actually you find love in yourself too. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for sharing that story. That's so wonderful. I, I love the analogy of kind of the ships and the lighthouse because what you've described there is both, isn't it? Is once she put her light onto full beam and loved herself, that's when the ship kind of came in. And actually it was a different ship to what she'd been looking for in the past. Yes, yes. She met a man who accepted her and actually just delighted in everything about her and didn't even notice the medical condition. That's fantastic, mm -hmm. isn't it? A shift in the belief because it broke that pattern, didn't it? We were talking earlier about patterns and repeating themselves and she was always getting the same results and attracting the same people and yeah, yes. so just raising her consciousness, looking at her love map, you know, planting those seeds of self-care, removing the beliefs, the limiting beliefs and blockers with you 
what a transformation. Yes. Yeah. I love seeing that. Yeah. And I, I can see, I can see it in your face, you know, obviously our listeners can't see our faces, but you know, Maria's smiling right now and I can see the kind of, I can see how much it lights you up as well when you help people shift. It's phenomenal. Amazing <laughs> work. So before we do the love map, because I'm sure all our listeners are sat in anticipation because we keep referring to it. When we talk about being our authentic self, should we just touch a little bit on being our authentic self before we move into the exercise? Yes. So what happens in a lot of a lot of relationships for men and women, I notice that there's a tendency to go into relationships to be a, either a people pleaser, um, to try to guess what the other person is looking for and then adjust themselves to be that. And that's when they don't feel like they're going to be enough for someone else uh, or they don't believe it's going to be possible to find someone who really wants what they have to offer. And so I see in relationships that people become like a chameleon, you know, and what when it, what ends up happening is that the other person then has no idea who they are and what they need. And then they can't meet the needs, the basic needs that um, they would really like to, to so they can have both a mutually fulfilling relationship. So that's that's one of the things that I see in terms of not shining your authentic self. The other thing that happens is that you attract the wrong people. So, for example, I'll see um, on people's dating profiles, they will be projecting a certain image of what they think the others are looking for. And that is kind of, uh, unfortunately, like false advertising because they will start attracting people who are absolutely not what they want, who won't be looking for what's in their heart. They'll be looking for something on the exterior. Yes. That makes total sense, doesn't it? It makes absolute total sense. Those two things you talked about there is being the chameleon once you're in a relationship and you're constantly kind of fitting in and adapting and changing colors to fit the environment. And I guess that gives mixed signals out, doesn't it, to what you actually want, whereas what you said about shining your authentic life, this is who I am. There's that consistency of messaging there, I guess, isn't there? Yes. And the other thing that is known out there about at least what men are attracted to in women is um, that they want to see that you know, that confidence about who she is and knowing exactly who she is and being able to share all of her dreams and hopes and plans in life. They need to know that. They need to know in order to feel successful in a relationship and to stay in it, they need to know that they're, they know how to make her happy because the, the, the male will ask himself before he commits to a more serious relationship, he's going to ask, can I make her happy? And if the answer is no, most likely he won't pursue a more serious relationship. Amazing. So what I'm hearing there is don't play small. Go and shine your authentic life and just be who you are and ooze that confidence. And if you haven't quite got that right now or you can't see it in yourself, then there are ways to discover that confidence. And that's working with somebody like yourself, Maria, shifting those blocks and those limiting beliefs to yeah learn to love yourself and be your authentic self because we're all unique and I think it's important to remember that isn't it is we've all got gifts to offer the world and relationships yeah and ultimately 
you don't want to be in a relationship where you're not valued for exactly who you are, because down the road, both parties are going to not be fulfilled in that relationship. Yeah, it's really important. You've shared some wonderful wisdom there. Thank you so much. It's Yeah, it's just amazing. So shall we do the love map exercise that everybody's probably been waiting for? <laughs> yes, I'm so excited about this. Um, so what we're going to do is we are going to do a short exercise to help you reveal what is your unconscious love map right now. And what you can do because this is an audio recording is keep pausing the recording to give yourself more time to do the exercise. But for right now, I'm going to actually go through it quickly and with the idea that the listeners get to pause the recording. Amazing. So to begin with, I would like to ask um, that if you're doing this exercise to think of yourself as a kind scientist. And as you do the exercise, step into the shoes of this kind scientist and just tell yourself that you're simply collecting data on relationship patterns. Okay? Try not to think about them being your relationship patterns, but relationship patterns in general. So what I want to ask everyone to do now is to take out a sheet of paper and create three columns on that sheet of paper with the middle column being the widest, the biggest column, okay? And so on the far left top of the column, I'd like you to put the word person and then skip over to the far right column and put the word qualities, okay? So what we're gonna do first is I'm going to ask um, you to write down the names of your caregivers when you were a child. So that usually is a mother and a father, a father and a father, whoever were the main caregivers. It could have been grandparents and it could have been step parents. Okay, so you write those names under the person column. And then once you've done that, I'd like you to think about each person individual in that list. And start with the first person, let's say it's a father, and ask yourself, what are the two to three most positive qualities about this person? And, and when you have identified them, then enter them in the far right column under the word qualities. So you're just going to be listing qualities under that column. And so an example of this is uh, of qualities that they can consider as positive qualities are kindness, compassion, empathy, affectionate, loving, emotionally available, thoughtful, supportive, protective, generous, good communicator. And each person is going to take a moment to think about what those two to three most positive qualities are, starting with the top person on the list and then going through each person. And in some cases, someone may have four people who provided care for them. So you do this part for each of those people listing in the column named qualities, the two to three most positive qualities. Then what you do for each person is you consider what are their two to three most negative qualities, okay? And so examples um, that you might consider are angry, volatile, critical, emotionally distant, controlling, 
mean, bully, negative, unpredictable, not dependable, not affectionate, someone who may have a substance abuse and is, is in essence, emotionally unavailable, uh, someone who's dismissive, not supportive. So you would list for each person under the qualities column, the two to three most negative qualities. Then after you completed that piece, then you would identify one person with whom you had the most significant love relationship. And for many people, that will be an ex-partner, someone they're divorced from. For others, it may be the one they had the longest term relationship with. And for others, it may simply be the person they most was were attracted to, the most wanted, but they got away. Because some people have not necessarily had any long-term relationship yet. So, so you would identify that person, put their name under the person column, then you would go through the same process as the early caregivers, and you would be asking yourself, what are the two to three most positive qualities about this person and the two to three most negative qualities about this person? And then list them under the qualities column. So then the next step in this love map discovery is you would look at each person on the list now individually. And as you look at them, go across to the other column and ask yourself, does this person have the top uh, quality at the column and the next quality and the next quality? And for each quality that you identify that this person has, let's say your dad, you would draw a line from your dad's name across to that quality. So that when you're done, you're going to see a series of lines linking the people in your person column to qualities in the quality column. And you continue doing this for each person, drawing a line to each of the qualities they possess. If they don't possess the quality, then you don't draw a line. And what happens is that you stop then after you've completed this and you ask yourself, what are the similar qualities that this romantic person, this romantic relationship shared with my earliest caregivers? And you just think, look at those and just consider what those were. And then you would ask yourself, well, what were the most negative qualities that they might have shared? And then a further step would be, well, as I look at all these qualities listed on this list, which ones would I want in a life partner? And make note of that. And then you would ask yourself, which qualities would I not want in a life partner? And so what happens is, it creates a new set of criteria for you, for your new love map, where you're noticing how what you don't want to feel in relationships, what you don't want to have as a pattern, and then also what you do want, the things that really worked for you, that you gained from your past relationships. And so what you can do then on your own is expand upon the list. You can list more qualities for each person, negative and positive. You can also list even values that they had, um, and other other interests, other things that you noticed about them. And the same with uh, adding additional people who were in relationship with you, romantic relationships. And then you'll start to get a much more complete picture of what that love map really is. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm sure our listeners are probably having some aha moments now or oops, <laughs> I didn't realize that, you know, they were some of the qualities that I continue to attract into relationships because I'm sure there's probably a lot of aha moments going on now. And what a wonderful wonderful exercise to share with our listeners and I know that's something you do within your live seminars isn't it and that's right a great opportunity for people to ask questions in a live seminar so I guess if they've enjoyed that exercise and they want to learn more because obviously in your live seminar because I've experienced it you then go on to say well actually how can we start moving forwards from and using this love map in a positive way and translating that to start removing some of these limiting beliefs and blockers. So your live seminars, they can access them through, uh, are they complimentary seminars? I think they're free, aren't they? You said yes. They are. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, so yeah, get yourself booked on and we're going to put Maria's web- website in the show notes. Um, but just to kind of touch on that now, it's www.maria-spears.com. Um, and that will be in the show notes so people can go go there and actually see when your next live seminar is and go through that exercise with you guided, which is just phenomenal and a, a great gift you offer to people. I absolutely love doing that exercise and it does really make you think about raising your consciousness, which is what we were talking about before and starting to think about what beliefs and blockers have I got with, with my current love map and how we can shift that going forwards? And I guess then that kind of falls into place with the common challenges we were talking about earlier, doesn't it? And how we can then start thinking about, you know, what's important to us and how we can be our authentic self. So, um, yeah, just wonderful. Thank you. You just gifted our listeners so much today. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners today, Maria? I would say that if they really want to find love, they can ask themselves the question, if I'm not actively looking now, what is it costing me? And the other is, what if I believed that I am lovable and I am perfect for the right partner? It completely shifts your mindset when you step out into um, having the motivation, you know, and the commitment to actually do something about this part of one's life. And I think part of the reason why I do this work is to hopefully guide others to not settle, you know, not settle for a relationship that is not exactly what they were looking for and to really believe in themselves, um, to go for what they've wanted Amazing. Thank you. That's a wonderful kind of parting gift to leave with our listeners. So thank you so much for sharing. It's been wonderful, Maria. I've just, yeah, really loved doing this podcast with you and lots and lots of insights. So I guess for our listeners out there, if they do want to get in contact with Maria, go to um, the website www.maria-spears.com. And again, the website will be in the show notes. And until next time, I'm Lisa Victoria, holistic health coach and co-host of Alternative Health Tools. And it's been wonderful. Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you so much, Lisa. All my love to everyone out there. Produced by Heard Not Seen Media. 
Visit imaginepodcasting.com for more information.